You are listening to a podcast of the Geek.io Media Network. For all of our shows and more, visit geek-io.net. And to help support the network, head over to patreon.com slash geek.io. Play. Hello, gentle listener. While Geek.io holds its talent to the highest standards, what follows will likely involve the sort of language usually reserved for sailors on leave. If you're of a delicate disposition, then perhaps you would consider a different podcast. You really aren't playing, are you? Fine. Now for a lesson. Konbanwa, Anime Attacko Show Yokoso. Good evening. Welcome to the Anime Attacko Show. You may have heard these words before, but I'll teach you what they really mean. Remember, we will be discussing all episodes up to the ones we talk about tonight. Anatako Sokora Okinishi Nanara Soyo. If you don't mind spoilers, welcome. Hello, amigos. Buenas noches. Yo soy. Nachos. Oh, sorry, wrong language. Hi, everybody. This is the Anime Otaku Show. How is everybody? Sure, I'm switching things a little bit. Uh, we're alive. Yeah, we are alive. Hi, yeah. We, we had we had tacos. Yay, tacos. So did I. I had tacos. It was delicious. Yeah, but Carrie made them. Oh, now I'm jealous. Um, so this is the episode 10 of the Anime Talk Show. Uh, I'm CJ. I forgot to take down any witty nicknames. Boat. Drink. <laughs> and uh, joining me tonight are, of course, Josh. Hi, all. Carrie. Hi. And just Delbert. Hello. What? Delbert? Yeah. What? <gasps> We're crossing the streams, you guys. We have officially uh... We have officially done it. Anime Otaku the anime and gamer geeks official crossover has happened. Gatai. They're gonna combine. <laughs> this isn't even our final form. No, now we've got two heads, bastard. Fusion. Oh fuck! Now we're old. Now we're really it's that, fat. It's it's that sequence in Shinkenger where the mechs are all stacked on top of each other because they got tied wrong. <laughs> I got uh, that reference. I'm the only one who does, but I got that reference. Yes. Uh, hey, Delbert. So, what are we, we talking about tonight? Um. The shows we're doing tonight are episode 8 and 9 of Darling in the Franks, 9 and 10 of Grand Crest, 8 and 9 of How to Keep a Mummy, and only episode 21 of Ancient Magus Bride. Yes, um, because I was warned ahead of time by multiple sources that because I'm going through some personal things in my life right now, that episode 22 was not a good thing for me to watch this week. And by damn it, if more than one, by damn it, especially if Josh goes out of his way to warn me about something and then Delbert immediately looks at me and says, yeah, you probably shouldn't watch that. I am fucking going to listen. <laughs> yeah, we actually paused and we paused the end credits and we were like, uh, we need to warn CJ. Yeah, and Delbert was over over here when you guys said that. And I looked at him, I go, I go so apparently Angel Magus Bride isn't good for me this week. And Delbert kind of looks at me and goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good looking out, Delbert. And I'm like, yeah, no, definitely not watch that one this week. So I appreciate it. <laughs> um, also, 
Uh, I'm going to make an executive decision right now. We're going to start with uh, Grand Crest War, by the way. Yeah, we need to address the uh, horse that doesn't know how to run in the room. Yeah. Um, this is the last week for a record. Uh, this is the last week for Grand Crest War. I'm calling it. No, th- we're done. Um, yeah. So, all right. Episode nine, The Black Princess. Let's start with that. Yeah. And this is where my primary issue is. Um, how the hell to start this piece of garbage? How about no? Shit got fucked, yo. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. So it only took us four episodes to get back to the goddamn castle, which was super important. After, for some character reason, why the, the Duke, what's his face? Uh, Edgar from Final Fantasy VI turns his back and says, I don't want your advice anymore to uh, Celica. Like, what? <laughs> like, it just felt like, and then from there, like, they confess their love to each other and like, oh, fuck, I don't have any idea what's going on in this goddamn episode. I, I can, I can, and the thing is, it's like the work that's put behind these, you know, supposed keystone moments I can tell that they're really trying hard to craft something. And it's like there's two different teams working on this story. Absolutely. You've you've got the people doing the big moments, like, you know, that the the confession between Teo and Saluka felt like it should have been something. Like I I am the shipping fanatic. You guys, if you watched the mana pool, you saw my reaction to the <laughs> shipping email. I enjoy this kind of thing. And I was watching this episode and thinking, I should be freaking out right now. I should be squeeing right now. I should be thinking how adorable this is. They've been into each other this whole series. This is supposed to be great. Why aren't I excited? Why don't I feel anything? Why don't I care? Because it was preceded by a two-minute voiceless montage that didn't need to fucking be there. Like they could have, they could have separated like the entire time and like had like the the build to this to this dramatic glorious movement instead of having it just passed over by a voiceless montage. Have them go through, show the fact that he saved a child. Like Teo is a fucking hero. Like he is a good person but they cover it up by not doing it they just brush past it okay under the rug you and with the thing with Villar like saying oh get out of my house I don't want your advice anymore felt like it was staged like he wanted to get them out there to go do things but there's no payoff since you uh it's been four episodes since you've been to that thing that you said was important uh go away like all right so (laughs) and that's the least of the problems with this i actually ripped my notebook on this episode um because i've never been so insulted so i write down man i really fucking love the night the lawrence of arabia night like that that the awesome prince whirling dervish yeah like I fucking love, I, I wrote down. I fucking love the Scorpion King. He is awesome. He is strong. He is smart. He is charismatic. He has what's going on. And then he goes and you're going to be my conquest tonight. I literally wrote that down, and then he fucking raped Maria, Marine. I literally ripped my notebook at that. 
And just to just to point out, because I know there are probably going to be some listeners who were like, no, she agreed, she consented, she had the ladies take off her armor. No, 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 no. He used his leverage because he knew she needed his country's army to fight this war that she wants to fight. And he leveraged that. If you don't let me fuck you here and now, you're not getting my help. Yeah. That is coercion. That is rape. Yes, absolutely. It is just... Just because the yes technically happened does You're not still... mean that she was not forced. It was a yes under duress. Exactly. You are forcing a yes, which is just, just as bad. As say, fucking her when she says no. Almost worse because then you can gaslight her over it. This is uh, Grand Ca- Record of the Grand Crest War, which we are never talking about again. Like, I am done with this fucking show. Like, so this show takes the... Hold on. While, while, we're, oh, look, while we, we're talking... We collected some trolls. Hey, trolls! Um... While we're ta- while we're while we're banhammering or whatever it is that we're yeah. doing, because I have the show notes up right now. I agree. Josh looks like a snack, a delicious, delicious snack. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be an insult. <laughs> I mean, I've been told I'm extremely sweet, so. I mean, I yes, do. I don't know if that's supposed to be an insult or not. The thi- this show started out so strong. It had this amazing ensemble, and the first couple episodes, I was thinking, man, I cannot wait see these awesome adventures these guys have and then they immediately break up the ensemble and send them off to Lassic and now it's some kind of weird Game of Thrones ripoff oh yeah we got we got trolls yay trolls uh, <laughs> I mean hey um yeah people check so, tuning in so whatever right. um so no it is not just a you know Carrie being a feminist no I'm a feminist Josh is a feminist Delbert loves everybody <laughs> <laughs> or hates everybody depending on or hates everybody. It. but he is both uh he's just keanu reeves so i mean there's just there's that constant bill and ted and also john wick existing in him at the same time <laughs> just never know what's gonna ha- happen first it so this game this show takes what people like shits on record of lodos war like the legacy that it has beyond it takes what they what apparently the Japanese, at least a studio, thinks that people like in Game of Thrones and even takes that and shits on that. It is a miserable experience that I'm like I, I've been trying to defend it. I have I have been trying to defend this fucking show. I have been wanting to like it despite its obvious and numerous faults. Yeah. There are still characters that I like and care about in the show. And And none of them have been in the past couple of episodes. No, exactly. Like, it just, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand how a show can take this much of a heel turn this quickly. Like, but none of it makes sense. Like, when Madoka did it, it, it made sense. Like, that world was crushed and dark and weird. But it never really set out to be something that it wasn't. This show took a lauded franchise and a lauded studio and chopped it up and shat on it. Like, it's just... 
it's not good. Like we've been saying for the last month, pacing issues. Nobody understands what the hell's going on because sometimes it'll be days crossed and like in a scene flip and one will be like months apparently. And then like several hours or like two minutes in a cutscene. Like none of it makes sense. None of this show at all makes sense. And again, I might be my personal thing going on right now, but I'm really fired up about this shit. It's completely understandable. I mean, we really wanted this one to be good. It had a strong pedigree going into it. And it like, had its. It's, Go ahead. It, it's almost more insulting the way it's panned out than Juni Tyson was. I was actually about to say I fucking liked Juni Tyson more than this because at least there was no like, there's no bastardization. Like Juni Tyson was just bad, and it was that's fine. Some things are bad. Like, but there was no insinuation. There was no balancing point for this. There was no like. There was no bar. Like you just, we wanted a Junie Tyson. I was kind of expecting edgy fate stay night, and we kind of got edgy bad fate stay night, and that's fine. This show is insulting. I mean, Justin did say it was a bad adaptation of a novel, and it it really is at this point a very bad adaptation. Yeah. It's like they adapted a copy of the book that got put through a shredder, so it was missing several key pages. Right? Uh, don't need this, don't need this, don't need... Ooh, a sex scene, we'll keep that. I just... Uh, Josh, you are apparently a massive... You, you have got a fan person in the chat. <laughs> I mean, th th they're trying to troll, and that's cool. I get the people do that to get their jollies off, so you know what? Also if they think it's hilarious to ask me to stroke my beard and I stroke my beard. It's whatever. We're still I have doing to our shit. Tim Haight asks if I'm single. Look who's available, who's visible in my camera. So, uh, so no, no, I am not. Sorry, I got to her first. It, like, I don't, yeah. I don't fucking know. Like, and by the way, episode 10, at least it didn't have rape. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally all I can say about episode rape. 10. It didn't have rape. It like, didn't have rape, and it did have a magical nautical laser. Yes, but the rest of it was still bad. Like, oh, yeah, undoubtedly. But I mean, come on. Magical like, nautical laser. That's fucking awesome. It's just like, I wasn't this insulted watching Junie Tyson. And I, in, in Slack, I called it this season's Junie Tyson. And then I thought about it like, no, I would it watch can't, it can't be that bad. four more times than this. Like, it just, I don't fucking know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. And, and it's, and Justin's apologizing left, right, and sideways for it. No, it's not your fault that this show is bad because I didn't realize this show existed. And if I would have seen it, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. I'm so in on this show. See, the thing is, Justin doesn't have anything to apologize for because he recommended the show based on the pedigree that it had. Yeah. Yeah. And with the names attached to it, it should with, be a lot With better. the names attached to it and the pedigree that it had going into it, it should have all rights been a good show because of that. But it's like betting on the surefire bet racehorse with the strong pedigree, and then it breaks a leg. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Moving on. I'm done here. Any other comments on this fucking show before we bury it in the ground? I'm done. We're not watching the show again. I was kind of against the the pacing before episode nine even came out. Yeah, so was I. It was, it was like at the beginning of March. I'm like, I'm super not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> Man, I, I, lo I love like the, the, the pacing had ADD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, by the way, sorry, uh, people in the chat. We will, if you hang out after the show, we'll be glad to chat with you and hang out. But uh, we have to get through the show. Um, unless you have stuff about the animes that we're talking about, absolutely. Uh, after that, we will we will we'll have a Q and A after the after the show if you want to hang out. So um, let's talk about a good show, <laughs> Darling in the Which Frame. One? Oh, yes. So let's. So uh, I love how last we, last time Josh flicked me off because I didn't like one episode. I still stand by my laurels and not liking that episode. I rewatched okay. it again, and I still it's not my favorite episode of the series. It, it's okay. I mean, e even a great series is going to have you know the odds of a one-off episode that you just don't like. And that's cool. Cause everybody's tastes are different. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I just, I went back and rewatched it just wholly, you know, before everything mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. No, that, 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 I mean, the, the fact that you gave it a second shot just to make sure, you know, yeah. I respect that. Cause I'm like, may, maybe it was just where I, I mean, I was rubbing my wife's back while I was watching it. I can't see how I could be in a worse place than that mentally. But like, maybe it's just something didn't like in my head or something. Nope. Yeah. I still just, that's maybe, cool. Not for me. However, uh, episode eight, boys, X girls and episode nine triangle bomb. were really fucking good. <laughs> uh, episode nine, spontaneous puberty. Oh God. <laughs> simultaneous puberty at that apparently all at once and a, it's such a strong force it's detectable from computer sensors i don't know Pu puberty's so fierce the the computers pick it up it shows up on radar well, you notice how they were talking about hero's uh yellow blood cells these kids probably have like nanobots in their bloodstream that are monitoring all of their vitals and hormones you know the suits like that. oh yeah yeah there, there's absolutely they're always under monitor they're always being looked at um they're, they're like truman show shit right there yeah absolutely um so yeah, Boys X Girls is literally just dealing with, and I love this, like this is one of the fun ones where they don't have to be in robots, they don't have to do anything. Like I love how it starts off with uh with a literal hentai monster <laughs> spewing goo all over the girls and making them naked. And then the boys are like, oh, 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 I like this. Oh <laughs> don't my. tell them. <laughs> yeah, don't tell them. Goro, what are you doing? <laughs> No, it was Hero. Hero said it's a zero two because they're already freaky. Like it would not surprise me if they have not already slept. With yeah, like or... like Hero with the uh, zero two wouldn't care yeah. about that. Oh, no. Everyone else would, but well, zero two. If you notice, like, I've already seen. I mean, what episode you... one? He already saw her naked. Yeah, yeah. and also <laughs> if you notice at the end of that battle scene where all the the four less experienced girls <laughs> are wrapped up in towels and glaring at the boys. Zero two's out there just loud and proud, hands yeah. on the hips. She does not give a fuck whether you see her or not. Right? I fucking love her. She's fantastic. Like she, she is she really is a great character. I love her just so much. Proud, and I love that. Like, and I think that might have been one of the issues that I had with the beach episode. It was it had less focus on Zero Two and the rest of the girls trying to become like into themselves and things and the rest of the characters kind of getting into themselves. And like especially uh ichigo trying to be zero two like i just don't like that i like her being her own thing um and i understand it's a character arc she's going to try and become zero two and then realize that she can't be and then move on mm -hmm. like i understand that's her character arc i just don't like the the journey getting there is kind of lumpy for me <laughs> 
um but like yeah just she is she is fierce and just loves like being seen and being noticed and people aren't running from her because of her horns like she is just happy to be in a group and she doesn't care if you stare at her when she's there <laughs> like yes well and she knows that when it comes down to it she's worth being stared at and not in a bad way yeah right yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure, based on what we've been presented of Zero Two's personality thus far, if she had been alerted in the cockpit, I think she would have wiggled no. her ass at him. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I could just, I could just see her Zero Two, your, your, your drip. Oh, wiggle, 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 wiggle. Does the control still work with this? <laughs> How's the handling? <laughs> it just. It, it's it, and then hijinks ensue. Like they do the the trope of splitting the house in two, and like and they really, did it. It was it was good. It, it was really great. was. And can we can we talk about my personal favorite moment? Well, it, it, it was technically the favorite sequence of that episode with the hijinks. First of all, the endless supply of bathroom bowls. Yes, they just, <laughs> that they just keep chucking them at these poor guys. <laughs> Who got duped by Zero Two? By Zero Two, because she's fucking awesome. <laughs> and then that look on Zero Two's face when she's got the basket of clothes under her arm and Hero catches her with it. It's the same look as like when you catch a, a, a dog or a cat with like a piece of food they stole and they know they shouldn't have, but fuck if they're not going to eat it anyways. And then she bolts. Right. And like watching those two flirt in this episode was just great. Mm. So well done because they did this amazing way of making them flirt without making it like. Hey, hot stuff. Yeah. Like it, it was so well done. And like, you could feel the attachment of those two characters growing. You could feel the chemistry. Yes. And that's the Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, Zero Two might be trying to flirt, but Hero isn't. Hero is just interacting with her the only way he feels like he wants to, and it's coming out as flirting. And I love how natural and organic that is. Right? It's it's so sweet and so well done. Like, and you feel you feel the connection between those two. It's just, it is tangible, and I love it. Like, it is, it is as tangible as butt handles. Like. <laughs> Um, I forget, uh, butt girl's name. Um, I think, I think her name is like Miku or something like that. Miku or something like that. She's, she's my least favorite of the girls. So it's really hard for me to pigtails. Yeah. Pigtails. Um, like, I love the fact that she is the one that just freaks out because she's obviously the most immature. Her and Zerome are the most immature of the group of the couples. And that's fine as a couple. You have that group that is super immature together and they work together because they're immature together they're on the same wavelength exactly it it may irritate everybody else but damn it those two are the strongest fucking couple there because they operate as one on their stupidity (laughs) well and they had to go through some yeah Uh, of putting people together yes and they had to go through some shit to get there too which a lot of the other teams haven't had yeah, because he's so headstrong and she's just kind of whatever. I'm just going to keep doing things. And well, it, I mean, it almost got them both killed. Yeah, almost. Yeah, exactly. It was almost killed them both. And that that ties them together on a tangible way that not a lot of the other ones on this episode have yet. 
Like even Zero Two and Hero only had that to a certain point because it was only really ever Hero in distress of dying until the whole wing Gundam wing thing happened. God, that scene. It was so good, but I could just, it's just Gundam wing to me and I love it. <laughs> this is not an insult, by the way. <laughs> um, it, it's, they, they performed their endless waltz and had an awesome scene and it was fantastic. And, but like, for the most part, only Zerome and Butt Girl <laughs> like had that life or death moment. Um, and that's, that's amazing. And they work well together and I'm still kind of sad that he's not a girl. <laughs> Just putting that out there. I, I I think everyone is a little bit sad about that. You know, everyone who actually cares, because apparently some people still don't like this show. Yeah, like we were actually having a discussion in the pre-pre-show of like everyone in the universe, everyone in the anime universe that is not like directly in the Darling and the Franks fan area like hates the show for some reason. I don't understand. I don't understand the hatred of this show. I, th I think what part of the problem is when it when it came to light the trigger was doing another mecha anime they were probably thinking it was going to be more in line with Gurren Lagann yeah and it's it's more of an evolution of if anything kill a kill than Gurren Lagann well it's, it's it's more of a culmination of everything they've done so yeah, far we, we've had this we've had that discussion but it's more so like you said they wanted Gurren Lagann and they got more of like Kill a kill with Gurren Lagan, like and Kisniver. And Kisniver, like all rolled into one, and this is what they presented with. But I think you're right. I think everybody just wanted Gurren Lagan uh season three, and like it's not that. So But again, like Trigger is always breaking new ground. They don't repeat themselves, they explore new themes with every single thing they do, which is why we love them. Yeah, I mean, I just I mean, I just point whenever somebody says, like, you know, they just wanted this, I'm like, they don't understand how Trigger could get to this point. I'm like, Go watch Little Witch Academia. Like it is, it is something that's so like drastically not trigger that it's that it goes full circle into being trigger. <laughs> and they're the only fucking studio that can get away with doing that. Like they're the only studio that I know of could go for kill a kill to a shoujo anime. <laughs> like that is just that is that is well done and fat and very well orchestrated, but it is essentially just as you would assume, because I think they did it just to kind of poke at My Hero Academia, created that for girls. And yes, awesome. Fantastic. Basically, what we're saying is that Trigger is the pseudo of anime studios. They do whatever the fuck they want. Yes. And the people who know what to expect from a Trigger slash pseudo production get what they come for. Yeah. Um, but... I, I do particularly like with 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 you know the episode that we're currently talking about how with uh, Niku and Zorome they did have that little bonding mo moment once all the once all the squabbling was over and they're you know getting back to normal. It's like you know I'll, I'll try not to argue too much. It's like I don't know how you could. I'm too cute. Yeah, like that. That's yes, that was adorable. Good job. Um, and like the 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 resolving of the previous Storm Thirteen. Uh, oh yeah, that, like, I really just love how they had how they had this very lighthearted and whimsical episode that still had some decent depth to it with these revelations. Yeah, or confirmations of revelations rather. Um, and just the end of it where they planted the lilies. I think it was lilies. Um, because um, 
I promised I would remember. Kokoro. Kokoro. She's like, hey, in the in the, she starts telling people about the language of flowers, about you know, tells douchebag boy, um, the Mitsuru. the language. Of, yeah, Mitsuru or whatever the fuck his name is. I don't care. I I still don't like him. <laughs> You're not supposed to. He 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 still he still makes glasses Chan cry, and I fucking hate him for that. <laughs> um. He, she's like going on about the language of flowers and she's making you realize, like Josh said, she is the most maternal of them, even if she doesn't realize it yet. That's the reason why she has the baby book and nobody else. And of course, in trigger fashion, they produce this by having her have the most giganticest boobs and focus on those because it's trigger and they do those kind of things. <laughs> well, and to be fair, ever since humans were able to draw on walls, breasts have been representative of fertility. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and she did mention too, did you guys notice that when they're having the whole, when the girls are having the discussion in their dorm, she's all, oh, I think that's how it's born. Yeah. And then immediately tries to cover up with uh, the future hope, dreams. Yeah. She, she, she's reading the baby making book, you guys. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if th this is how we're going to get the unfortunate dark side of Trigger and if something isn't going to happen to Kokoro. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, especially with this episode, she started flying the death flags pretty hard. Um, and sadly, I mean, we have to think about it that way because this is what Trigger does. Like the only one where you didn't really have a character who, you know, that was beloved that didn't leave was Little Witch. Like you had characters be removed in pretty much everything else that they've put out. I mean, at, at least we've passed the episode eight flag that was set up by uh, Gurren Lagan. Yeah. Um, Neuro? Uh, Sonic. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Close enough. I, I thought I recognized the bottle. It's good stuff. It is. It is really good. Like, I didn't think I was going to like it. Um, the, the melatonin one works so well. Sleep? Yeah. Anyways. Uh, anyways, on to Triangle Bomb. <laughs> Who boy. Hey, we get our mech episode, you guys. We've had a couple not at the mechs. Goro is such a good guy. I just want to give him a hug. Oh, my God. So good. His, this poor guy has went through his entire life playing second fiddle to Hero, and he's okay with that. And damn. You... It's just, it's so. I I love when jealousy doesn't turn ugly like yeah. that, or he can recognize this is what makes you happy. I just want you to be happy. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, just. Like, I, I wish I could be in his shoes. But she's but... happy and that's what matters. Exactly. And I have been there plenty of times. So, like, I could completely relate with that. It was, it was kind of weird, like. And thank you for putting me into a show, at least teenage me, into a show like this. Like, I can relate to Goro on so many levels. Um, and, and alongside of that, we had some really fucking cool, like, things that we never knew. We had evolutions of the mechs, even. We didn't know that they had a ejector for the girl, which was kind of, that was really cool to find out. Right. Um apparently they like they i figured they would they have a self-destruct mechanism because what mech doesn't have a self-destruct mechanism <laughs> for situations exactly like what happens in this episode yeah 
Yeah, this, I mean, you had a mech stranded next to the thing's core. Yeah, exactly. Blow that fucker up. And Goro's like, yeah, this is this is what I'm meant to do. I'm just going to blow it up. Um, bringing, back, bringing me back to more, like, I had a severe Knights of Sidonia flashback on this episode, big time. <laughs> like, Delver, you haven't been on the show before. Have you watched Knights of Sidonia? I, I think I watched the first few episodes. I don't think oh. I ever actually finished it. Damn it! Uh, but... It's been it's been something I've been trying to do, but at the time my I didn't have the HD Netflix, so it looked really bad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, it, it, this episode just felt like a Knights of Sidonia episode, and I loved it. Like it was so well done. Um, you know, having Goro flat out say, "Hey, um, I think I love you." Yeah, I think I love you. And that's okay if you can't say it back to me. I just needed to let you know that. <gasps> also, that 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 same scene, he leans on her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like she was asking him to do. Yep. Just let me stay like this for a little while. Yep, neither one of us have to be strong. We can just be here for a couple of minutes. Nobody else needs to know. And just it was so good it was good episode yes like like i i kind of wish that i would have watched this episode existed after i watched the black princess episode because i mean well i do and i don't because i think that it would immediately just maybe turn off grand thrust never to even have to watch episode 10 like uh um so mummy It's so damn cute. It is. It is so adorable. And we we now have a new uh, mummy fangirl in the form of Rachel (laughs) because I let her, I sat down with her to watch it right before we came on. And she's just like, I want to watch more of this. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) You have the controller. You can watch it. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. This thing is printing money. I'm waiting for the merch to start because yeah, it surprises me that Crunchyroll doesn't have anything for them for official yet. There's there's the off-brand ones that you can get if you look hard enough, but like I want an official support the original support the official release exactly. I want to support the the creators of this. I want official merch. I don't want to deal with like offhand black market bullshit, um, which might be the show title. <laughs> um, it. Just, all right, so we had the introduction of you know new places, strange places, strange friends. Um, we figured out who the the grandpa is. He's so he's so cute. He is he's so adorable. He's just like yeah, they 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 come and they honor me and they're awesome and I like these two. So yeah, I'll do I'll do you guys favors, no problem. And then a god shows up because fuck you, there's gods. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that that's classic Shinto belief is that everything has a spirit and, yep. and the older this, something is, the stronger its spirit gets. This is the god of this temple. And I just like how uh, Tachan's like freaking out when Sora's yanked off and Sora's just like, yeah, this is the god. I'm having tea with a god. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, she uh, said she'd watch him for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, have a god for a babysitter. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> oh th- that god is so fucking adorable 
Yes. I think my favorite part was after uh, Mikun disappeared. She was like, one, two, three. One, one two, three. Two, three. <laughs> 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 oh, no. <laughs> So much expressed by these creatures without a word, like without even a face on this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have you don't yeah, exactly you don't even have eyes like you even have with Mikun. Like it is like so much is expressed in the show without any dialogue or anything. Grand Crest War, like <laughs> it's God, that show pisses me off so fucking much, you guys. Deep breath. Think of the mummies. Be good with the mummies. You don't want me, Coon, to be sad. Okay. Um, like, watching me, Coon, explore and find out that there's this unexplored, unnoticed, magical universe that just exists on top of this one. And again, yeah, it's Shinto where everything has a spirit and everything is, you know, there is a mysticism beneath the realism. And thank you for exploring that. And again, no dialogue. Like, you understand that that unicorn is adorable and looks cool, but is a jackass. And it never said a fucking word. <laughs> like, that Fuck unicorn your is your... Butt. That unicorn is the cheerleader in your high school. <laughs> like... And then you have the uh, the extremely old Kitsune. Yes. Who yeah. is just chill as fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I saw... I saw that the... the QB uh, come around. It's like, oh, that this looks so cool. <laughs> this one, this one, I watched on my cell phone, and then immediately went and watched it on my TV. Like, I couldn't watch that see the forest scene without having it in high definition. Oh, like, definitely. The oh, rest sure. of the show, I've been able to just pretty much watch on my phone because it's ice cream, it's fluff, it's cute, it's whatever. Like, but this episode, they ancient Magus bride us to hell and back. Like. <laughs> Oh my god, the feels bomb on this episode. Oh my god, yes. It just, like, I don't know how a show, like, that is supposed to just be fluff. It's, we we picked this to be nothing. This is nonsense. It's been adorable. There's been no conflict, no nothing. And then just, like, here's some feels. <laughs> I don't expect feels out of my mummy. <laughs> Right, and it it was really cool because this episode we we've known throughout this series so far that there is the whole spirit world thing going on yeah. where there are all these fantastical creatures, and but this is the them. first time we see more than one of the same type of creature. Yep, because mm -hmm. we meet the other Oni child. Yep, well, and like there is also another off. dragon. We have a payoff in the next episode about the Oni child, and I think it's fantastic. Right. Also, the Oni child flirting with Mikun was just fantastic it was so cute i didn't know i needed a oni flirting with a mummy until i watched this episode you could you could stay here if you like <laughs> i really like mushroom hollow house the part where they're like talking to each other and they're completely misunderstanding the other one's thinking <laughs> exactly you can't go home <laughs> Oh, is this, it's so good. I, this show is too good for us, you guys. <laughs> like, this show is just... This show is the cinnamon roll. It really is. And, like, you get the cinnamon roll, and you don't expect to feel attached to the cinnamon roll. You just expect to enjoy it. <laughs> like, And 
Can we please just give mad, mad props to the sound department in this anime? Oh my god, yeah, because again, no dialogue at all in this. So you have to convey a lot through sound, and they do so well in this. I mean, just complex emotions expressed with a blah. Yeah. Like, too good. The show is too good for us. And it gets better as we roll into the next episode. Yes. Kind hands, warm hands. Tachan's episode. Fucking hell, you guys. Okay. Um. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, this show, did you guys warn me about Ancient Magus Bride? All right. Um, finding an attachment to this thing that you say that you hate after it's gone and only after it's gone? Yeah. Um, yeah. I... <clears throat> I sat and cried through this entire episode. And because, again, it's not anything conveyed on the surface it's you know tachan being sundari like he is and comedy ensuing but then just like him going through these motions of i didn't realize that i needed i didn't realize what you meant to me until you're gone and it's like a ton of bricks yeah yeah it does and especially because like at least with ancient magus bride you can stop and think okay this series has hit me with some serious fucking fuel bombs already yeah and but you don't expect that because because mummy is so cute and fluffy and how could this ever possibly why am i crying yeah um where did all these onions come from yeah uh so i mean i've hinted at i lost my mother on sunday and my mother and i have been distant at best my entire life and even sitting at dinner today i made the comments of you know i've spent so much of my time hating this woman and now that she's gone i don't know what to do and then coming and watching mummy and watching somebody else deal with that it's just it was it was hard it was hard but thankfully this show does really great things with being able to make you feel these things and then Oh look, it's adorable. Sorry, I found Connie. Oh, it's not Connie. It's the it's the, it's the cool little it's the cool little Oni child from before that was flirting with Nikun, and, and they found his pants. Oh, that's so cute! It's just, they found his pants and they got wet because they stood in the river for too long. Like it it it, it was little Connie cosplay. Yeah. Oh my God, the Connie cosplay was too much. It was too much. It, and the, the sign that they made. Yeah, the welcome home sign. That it, got me. Yeah, that was that was crushing. <laughs> but in a good way. Like it wasn't like you did like it wasn't so, a soul crushing cry. Yeah, it wasn't like I as we'll talk about in Ancient Magus Bride, whenever Nevin shows up, I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> God the, damn it, the Fields Dragon is here. I wrote that as one of my notes, by the way, for the next episode. <laughs> I'd rather have the feels dragon than the spoiler owl. (laughs) But I, I like, I just seriously, I just sat and cried through this entire episode and it wasn't like, it wasn't a negative cry. It was catharsis. It was, 
it was weird seeing hey look this is a representation of something i'm going through yeah and it was real like it took me off surprise it took me completely by surprise not expecting freaking mummy to give me this <laughs> like i see nevin show up I'm like shit i'm gonna cry that's fine ancient magasprite has established that they are not afraid to pull punches this has been fluff and ice cream and cinnamon roll and fucking made me cry and big gross gross tears because it was really referential of what i was fucking dealing with and <sighs> thank you mummy thank you for this um I, I, uh, I kind of make a grump at it and, you know, I kind of make, you know, fun of everything, but I, this was good. This was a very good episode and it was something that I needed. So thank you, mommy. I appreciate it. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all good, man. Um, all right. Uh, Agent Bag is bright. <laughs> Holy shit. We've got a lot to unpack, unpack in this episode alone. So Elias goes off the fucking deep end. Yes. Um, yeah, like flat out just loses his shit because, again, he doesn't know human. He doesn't know how to human. Yeah, it, it's definitely right up his alley, though. Like, yeah. it's something that I knew that he's probably going to eventually try to do. Well, because he, I mean, he made references of it before when, you know, he didn't like, he, he kind of walked out of the room with uh, Chise and um, Stella. Stella. Like they were just talking and laughing, and he walked out of the room because he was grumpy, grumpy Elias. And yeah, now, like, so yes, he's going to try and do anything to save Chise. I understand that. And to him, Chise is the only human that matters. Yeah. And that's completely in character for him. Like, <clears throat> unlike Grand Crest War, this turn on him was scripted. Like, not out, it's not out of left field. Exactly. You knew he was this kind of being. And we've shown him starting to get more possessive with her when she so much as tries to move away from him by a foot, he bites her shoulder. Yeah. It, um, yeah, so like, there, uh, it's, Ruth kind of surprised me. Like, he seems like somebody who would at least honor human life. Admittedly, yes, Chi says above everybody else, but I think he, uh, like, that one kind of came out a little bit on me. I think it's also the fact that now that he's her familiar, what happens to her, him when she dies? Well, apparently he could stay around because he did with the, he was the church dog. But he wasn't a familiar that yeah he yeah if, if she if dies she, he dies yeah. yeah that is explicitly stated before because when elias mentions that like when ruth basically says hey throw a pokeball at me um she say like kind of looks to elias and asks him what's going on and he mentions he explains what sharing your life means and he explicitly says when you die he dies and it makes her almost reject the contract. Yeah. Until Ruth kind of pulls her back and says, I know what I'm asking for. So, I mean, it, that, like, I can understand his, you know, desire to say Chise, but I think he would have put up a little bit more of a fight, especially no, with somebody that Chise is so close to. Ruth sees his sister in Chise. And that's, also, that, I... that works the same way as, as Elias. They put him on a pedestal because 
this is the only the closest thing to the family that they know also ruth didn't seem like he knew what was going on until elias had already crossed the point of no return because elias literally walks in sees ruth on the bed and is like you would choose chiste no matter what right and ruth is like what the fuck yeah can i go back to sleep now yeah and by the time they get to this point there's nothing really ruth can do yeah because he's not going to be a power he's not as powerful as elias so it's you know yeah it's might well, like a, a stockholm syndrome type situation yeah might as well just continue on with it um and elias may have even convinced him you know we don't know what elias told him either yeah because i mean he's he's good with his he's good with his words as well as anything else like um Silky man, silky man, freaking the reaction on her face when Chise comes home after between you know seeing what Elias is doing and knowing that what her reaction is going to be like, she just looks so distraught. Like I, she gave that look of like I tried but I couldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean she she's only a, a house god basically. Yeah. And she knows what happens if she loses her home and the family that lives within it. Yeah. And as much as, you know, she cares, I mean, she loves these people. She is invested in them, in their family, in their home. She does not want to become what she was again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I think that like that single, like five seconds of her being on screen, like that was a culmination of that, that flashback that we had of her a couple episodes ago. Like, exactly. She's just, she knows what will happen. She can't go back to that life, but, you know, she understands what is about to happen. She knows Chise is not going to deal with this well, and there's going to be a fracture. There was as much conveyed on her face in this epi- in this episode as there was in Mikun and Mummy in the last yeah. couple. And I, li- I love the fact that Silky can't talk. Like, I'm glad that they, they uh, keep her silent. Well, I mean, she is a banshee, so... Um, yeah, she wails, people die. <laughs> well, she, she wails because people die. No. Um, she, but, she is the death knell, basically. Yeah. It, it just, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't play with that like they did with the um, vampire girl. Um, I just... I, I just... I love, I love that whole thing. And again, 30 seconds on screen, just spoke... Massive impact. Volumes, and... She say like fully within like she legitimately for good reason freaked the fuck out like there yeah. was no, there was no like underselling that like this is her best friend in this 10 year old girl she's working her ass off to you know work with you on trying to find a solution but working with you is not killing her best friend like, and also she explicitly told elias let's do this together and the first opportunity he gets he sneaks off without her and plots to murder her best friend yeah and, and she and, calls back on that and yeah that, that, that's the thing that she explicitly states that's the thing that hurts her the most is we agreed to do this together yeah that that's that is as much of a stab to her as the fact that he goes for Stella of all things. And because he just freely admits to 
getting rid of Stella because he doesn't like the way her existence makes him feel. Yeah, that's the reason why, like, yeah, exactly. Instead of going, you know, he's okay with not killing the dragon, but he wants to kill this little girl because jealousy. And that, that yeah, I mean, again, like Delbert said, it's all within character. Like, none of this is something that, like, I don't know, you spend several episodes building this amazing character only to have him rape somebody on screen. Um <laughs> Like honestly, if he's not already, I I really want uh, Felix to watch this series because he's been questioning how to write a quote unquote villain that isn't necessarily evil. And I said, well, first of all, you remove their ability to empathize. Yep. And if he watches the way Elias acts on some occasions, I think that will really help him because. Elias perfectly nails how something powerful behaves when it has no ability to empathize with what it is dealing with. Yeah, he's, he's a sociopath and not necessarily in a negative way, but yeah, he just never learned how to empathize because he is some conglomeration of something that isn't human. And his and original teacher was an elf. Yeah. So. And, and that, that's the thing is nobody can tell him how to be what he is because there isn't anything else like him. Yeah. He is the only Elias. He will only ever be the only Elias. And like he, people, people he wasn't could, born with a genetic rule book for himself. Like some creatures are fucking and, my glasses while crying. <laughs> and he, and he points that out when he mentions that Chise is the only one who looks at just him. Yeah. And Reggie in the chat brings up a you know an excellent point. He's like a kid. He's exactly he is a he is mentally a child. Yeah, he may be hundreds of years old, but you can't learn how to be something if you've not actually been taught by somebody. Exactly. Or if you if you haven't had examples, like he's basically he's a hermit. And he's had good examples of humanity and like they flashed to Angelica as a baby. By the way, baby Angelica is the cutest fucking thing. So cute. <laughs> so we, we have him showing experience that he can, he can relate to humans on some level, but those are few and far between when he's hunted or, you know, put down by the church or, you know, you know, cast out by the fake. And, it, and it's also that he has seen humans, but he's not actually felt anything about a human. Before. Yeah, like and the closest thing that he's different felt, thing. The closest thing he's felt to a quasi mortal is Santa, um, and he's not human, as we found out. <laughs> he is probably an elf. Like <laughs> Lindell is Lindell, and we love him for it. Yeah, Lindell, yeah, we do. Lindell is just fantastic, but he's not human. So, like, even he can only like he attaches more to dragons than people like so his human wouldn't you his humans are yeah. angelica which is fine he was a baby you, you help raise you know help nurture this child so learn how to deal with babies <laughs> lindell which isn't a human then you've had then a, he's obviously had run-ins with the alchemists sorcerers sorry um because yeah, Lindell basically taught him magic and taught him how to function. Yeah, and then he's like, "Go away! No, no, you're not my child. Go do your thing in the world." Um, how? What do? Sorry, I can't leave this place. 
Yeah, I'm stuck here. So you can either stay here. I don't want you to stay here. So you can either stay here against my will or go. Just go. <laughs> yeah, as as Rob put in chat, how do life? Yeah, exactly. So again, he he finds out about Angelica. Again, baby, much different than a romantic interest. <laughs> it, I'd say it, for most people, but who knows? About Taylor Lautner's character in the Twilight movies, right? Um. It, and then, like, he's had run-ins with sorcerers, which go against everything that Lindell taught him is good. So these humans are bad, especially yeah. Cartophilius. I mean, and Fuck they also... You, they also go against everything that he is. Yeah. So, like, these humans are bad. This human, this tiny human is good, but she's a ch- she's somebody who can react... She She's on my level because she's a child. And, and then we see him finally get an example in Chise. You know, she teaches him what the word loneliness is. And a few episodes later, he's saying, it's lonely without you. So yeah, he, he attaches to her. He learns from her. And it's it's complicated. I mean, we all kind of went through that. Like, exactly. It, it, we, we all find that one person, like our first love, like growing up and... It's relatable. I mean, obviously, without the dragon curses and, you know, uh, Titania, but it's relatable. And again, it's the characters are well within their care, well within what they're written to be. And that's that's what's important. I do like the fact that Chise is basically as a slave aggie or whatever is essentially just like the Omni Magus. Like she has song magic, she has animal magic, she has elemental magic, she has transformation magic. Like she basically know. has whatever magic the neighbors feel like lending her, and all of them love her. Yeah, because she tastes good. <laughs> like, and I like how her dealings with Ariel, right? Ariel. Yeah, yeah. Ariel. Um, how her dealings with Ariel went. I just need you to work with me, like you could take whatever the hell you want <laughs> and seeing itty bitty air fairy pissed off. Was oh my God. Great. Like nice callback to the first Maximum episode. Amount of sass in minimum package. Nice callback to the first episode. None of this would have happened if you just would have came with me. <laughs> like, and just, and that's kind of the callback. Like this is the first non Elias magical being that she had dealings with. Mm-hmm. So, and now like, this is attached to her and she is attached to her on a point where she is able to Ariel's is able to manifest emotions that I'm sure she wouldn't normally feel because oh no Elias is killing a human whatever <laughs> normally but she's attached to Chise because I'm guessing she drew on her a bunch so uh raging and for a raging typhoon like that was just awesome and so well done I don't really know why we're why we're angry right now but she's angry so I'm angry yeah no that's that's the thing is i think ariel does kind of understand a little bit because and it it was this episode she states yes i like you because you're a slay beggy but i also like you because you're you yeah but that that also i think comes down to the fact that she say has that personality yeah she is somebody people (laughs) like which 
so well that magical people like because apparently her life before was so shit that she had to sell herself <laughs> well the thing that i've noticed about chise is that she doesn't see species the same way a lot of the sorcerers and a lot of the other mages do if you are talking to her she will listen to you uh, unlike other magic users, she doesn't see the neighbors as just something to use. Yeah, including Elias, by the way. <laughs> she, she grew up seeing them, so she's, I'm sure she's had plenty of opportunities to chat with some of them and has realized that they're no different than any other person she's ever seen. Yeah, yeah they're people to her. Yeah, and, and that's that's amazing. And that's so well done. Um, I like how she's just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to let you follow me. This is ridiculous. I'm taking off your leash and pieces the fuck out. Like, good for you. I girl. can't be with you like this. And yeah. I can't say I disagree with her. No, not at all. <laughs> and like, you, you could almost feel the impact that statement had on Elias. Yeah, like the, the dropping. Like, I'm, the... I'm surprised his head didn't like snap like he was hit. Yes. And like just the drop of the pendant, just you kind of, you felt that drop and it was just, oh man. And like when she says that the reason it hits so hard is that's when the dots connect for him and he realizes, oh, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. um, and what the hell's going on with Carter Phyllis guys? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> well, un unfortunately, that's next episode. Okay. Um, so you'll get some of the resolution there when you watch that episode. But as I've been explaining to Reggie in the chat, we're not talking about that episode, this recording. So next time we do this show in two weeks, it's going to be a three for on Ancient Magus Bride, which I believe is going to take us to the end of the season. Uh, yes. Um, and it'll work because we won't have to talk about the shit show that is record of uh, Grand Crest War. So we'll have to talk about so basically two weeks time we're going to have the finale of ancient magus bride sprinkled with some other anime yeah right uh we're gonna get some we're gonna get some mummy cuteness and like yeah but most of it is just gonna be the the finale of ancient magus bride because geez. and which re really what's surprising me at this point is has, has anybody seen any announcement about a second season for ancient magus bride um i, I am so. not looking it up right now I have not, but I know a lot of people are expecting one to come. Well, that, that's the thing is, like, it's... we are definitely and decidedly heading towards a climax, but I have not seen any announcements myself, and I'm just sitting here thinking, are you waiting? I mean, this is... G -g Gimme. I will make it rain. I will support the official release. I'm trying really hard not to order that $200 set of little figures. Oh, uh, Reggie is saying that apparently uh, they have heard that Ancient Magus Bride already caught up to the manga, so we might get an original ending. But I do know the manga is still ongoing, so yeah. maybe they're just going to give a couple of season breaks to get some buffer material. Yeah, we're getting the English translation of Volume 9 as scheduled for September 11th, 2018. Um, so it is... Um, she started drawing, oh, just drawing manga. I thought she was drawing this manga when she was seven years old. I'm like, Jesus! <laughs> um, the mangaka is wanting to continue it. So um, 
Uh, and it's making bank in Japan and here. So like also, I, mangaka is female? Yes. Fucking hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did not know that, and that makes me love this series even more. Hold on. Her name is Kore Yamazaki. The mangaka that created the story for Ancient Magus Brides anime made her debut only six de- years ago, but already Kore has become famous for her vision of fantasy. The story has Please been translated into 14 languages, and the manga has sold millions of copies on a world. Fuck yeah! Um, so the mangaka is wanting to create keep it going, um, but we may get a Attack on Titan level release where we may be some time out between season one and two. I'm fine with waiting for more as long as there is more. Yeah, because I- damn if this doesn't need to continue. Because damn if it isn't the best anime that has come out in a long while. Um, as Better of, to wait for a few months or uh, years than to get something crappy in about a month and a half. Yeah, exactly. As, we don't need Ancient Magus Bride GT. Sorry, see you guys. As of this publishing anime production company, Wit Studio has not announced anything official about Ancient Magus Bride Season 2 release date. However, this article will be updated as soon as the premiere is confirmed. However, there can be reasonable speculation about wh- when or if... Um, Matsuhoshi Kai no Yomi season two. Matsuhoshi no Yomi. That one. I'm tired. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're talking to maybe you know next year or at minimum before we get um look into doing this. I I'm fine with that. I mean, as long as it's been worth the wait, I'm totally okay that we're just now getting a sequel to Fully Coolie. Yeah, I mean, so. attack, like I, I was happy to wait for Attack on Titan season two for as long as I did. Like, I love Attack on Titan, and season two was great. Like, I, I was okay with waiting as long as I, as long as I did because they came out with a quality product, and that's what counts. Like, yeah, so a- absolutely, do not skimp on what you've put into this first season. Yeah um so, but yeah there, there's like i said she's wanting it to talk or she's wanting it to continue on so there's a fair chance that it's just going it's going to continue it's just going to take some time she has to write a gorgeous story about gorgeous people and gorgeous things and just keep going um, amazing i need to go buy the manga right <laughs> please support the official release um so uh, there was no Dragon Ball Super this week because they're dragging that pony out as long as they can. However, it has been officially announced that it is not ending uh, because why would it? <sighs> it's what we all thought. It. This is just a season finale. Yeah, it was really dumb for people to assume that it was not going to continue. Like that was so dumb for them to think that it was going to end on a fucking tournament arc. Like, come on. Well, not not, not to mention also that it was going to end. I mean... It finally started back up again after after how long? Yeah, they they got Akira Toriyama up and working again, and like it's 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 Dragon Ball. Yeah, you're you're not going to get rid of it. It's, they're going to do the movie that's coming out in December, and that's fine and that's great. Yes, focus your good people that you have working on Super right now. Focus it on the movie because you want another movie like Attack on the God Attack of the Gods, not like Resurrection F. So get the movie out, get the celebration of all things Dragon Ball for 30 years out this this year. Awesome. Do that. 
then you can refocus your efforts on super, maybe skip it past uh, Z. Because right now there's no issues going, like, you know Goku's going to win the Universal Survival Arc because there's an end of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> also, can we please, please draw Trunks and Goten to actually look their fucking age? They're 13 in the anime, you guys. They look five. They still look the same as they did. <laughs> exactly. They still look like the same as they did, like, right before the time jump between uh, Cell and Boo. Like, yeah. Like, I honestly thought that this took, like, a couple years between Boo and Super. Yeah, no, it's, they're they several years, like, they, it's so dumb. It is so dumb. Um. I just like, all right, fine. You keep poking at the wanting to write out GT as canon. That's fine. We're all okay with that. Um, just go, just do it. Like, fine. The end of this ends. Goku gets his blue gi because Whis is super proud of him for getting Ultra Instinct. That's cool. Then we go, we get Oob, and then next season starts, and we're past the end of Z. We don't have to go on the Grand Tour ship. We don't have to do any of that weird shit. Goku doesn't have to be a child again. Just just go past Z because that's holding this show back. <laughs> can I just can I just take a brief second? Of course. To talk about how immersion breaking Goku's breathing was when he was getting into Ultra Instinct. Oh, did you actually watch it? We we, we watched the last couple of episodes because we really wanted to see Vegeta do his Vegeta thing. And I wanted to see this, you know, Ultra Instinct shit that was being hyped up so much. <laughs> and then Goku started breathing. Yeah. And I'm like, is she sitting there in front of the microphone with a bowl of noodles just going? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what it sounded like. This this episode, this last episode was promised a lot of things that we didn't get. Um, it was like, oh, yeah. We're going to get mastered Ultra Instinct. No, we didn't. We kind of got that at the very end, but we just got more weird mid-level Ultra Instincting. <laughs> like Go uh, Goku and Jiren playing cat and mouse with each other again. That's some cool animation about it, but yeah, we were promised mastered Ultra Instinct last episode and we didn't really get that. And like, I, I know it's probably not something they could have really maintained, but I really liked the, the, the light-shaded Goku. Yes. That was awesome. There is one thing I will say about these fight sequences, though, and I know why they're doing it. One of the few things I liked about Record of Grand Crest War is when they were actually trying with a fight sequence, the choreography was fucking amazing. When we see Goku fighting Jiren, you see them flying around a whole bunch and a bunch of fist blurs and occasionally shit breaks. And I know that they're drawing that because, oh, look, they're moving faster than the eye can see them. Look at how skilled they are. Yeah, but all I see is this. Yeah. Um, like, I want to appreciate... I shouldn't have done that. I just got adjusted today. Um, <laughs> I want to appreciate the skill of these martial artists. I want to see, you know, do a bullet time sequence where you can actually see their movements See them throwing punches and blocking them. Yeah. And it, actually doing things rather than different variations of the little light burst effect when they hit each other. Sadly, you got that with the previous two uh, 
ultra instinct trans, uh, transformations. Like you understand that he is full Buddha at that point. Like he is a Batsava pretty much. Goku is just full blown, like borderline Buddha at this point. And like, you get to see him fluidly move towards, you know, and dodging everything that's being thrown at him and the movements actually moving that sadly you got going into the crescendo uh, for your introduction to ultra instinct. (laughs) The thing is, is like, it didn't feel like a crescendo because it was hard for me to feel that energy and that buildup when that's literally all I'm seeing. Yeah, uh, sadly, Toei doesn't prescribe to the uh, Stanley uh, school of thought of everybody's episode, every everybody's first viewing is somebody else's first, uh, everybody else's continued viewing is somebody else's first viewing. And like, the, like, and I've seen some of the first, the Ultra Instinct episodes already. I've seen a couple of them. And by the way, that's the reason why we introduce ourselves after uh, on the beginning of every show. Because yeah, this show has been going on for 10 episodes. Fucking Geek has been going on for... 220 something now like but it's always somebody's first viewing on something so them pulling back because they're gonna because they're spending so much of the animation budget on next episode when he goes full ultra instinct is really ridiculous because sometimes that is somebody's first introduction to ultra instinct this is this cool marketable thing and it's it's new form it's the first new form in 20 years something like that whatever since gt came out but gt's not canon so they don't care like the first visible change because Super Saiyan Blue is Super Saiyan with blue hair. Which, by the way, thanks to a snarky British man reviewing Gashapon toys on his YouTube channel, I have discovered the superior name that form should have had, which was Super Saiyan. Nice. <laughs> nice. I mean, come on. That just rolls off the fucking tongue. But yeah, I mean, like, we were sitting there watching this episode, and I'm seeing them, you know, oh, look, it's it's breaking apart the stage. They're raining punches down from on high, and he's fighting back and actually hits Jiren. And I'm thinking, man, I should be excited right now. I should hear the raising fighting spirit playing in my head. And instead, I'm looking at my watch. Yeah. And- While Goku does this with his arms. Yeah, like, yeah, so, it's, oh my God, he's moving. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, this last episode, like I said, there there was a lot of hype built up to it, especially with a, like, a week launch, which is, last time we had a week launch, we had the introdu- the week, the week pause, we had the introduction of Ultra Instinct, and that was one of the best episodes of the entire fucking series. Like, and then this one was hyped and built, and yes, we're going to get Master Ultra Instinct, and we get that. And no, like not a lot of people enjoyed that episode. Like, but especially after the Vegeta episode, like you had this crowning achievement of the Prince of all Saiyans, like coming full circle and like trying his absolute damnedest and finally getting into his, like his, like, as far as he knew, his last words were Kakarot. I leave it up to you. Like this man, he purposely sent out to kill like the last, the possibly last words he will ever usher. Are, I'm leaving this to you, Kakarot. We, he forgot he had the white mage in the stands, but still, like because he's so focused on everything. To he's so focused on everything. This could be his final dying breath. He gave his very life essence to to Goku, this man who's been his enemy for 15 years, like his enemy slash rival for 15 years. And then we have a light show. The light shading was amazing. 
Yeah. And, like, especially when you when you mention like the comparison to the Vasavitsa, and I really garbled that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drink. Um. Yeah, that was for you, Raul. Like that could have, especially if that's the comparison they're intending. Like they could have done so much cooler animation with like that by actually like giving images of extra arms, which they did before. <laughs> not 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 just the blurs, but like his arms are moving so fast that it looks like he's you know suddenly a multi-armed god. Yeah, like they they, they did that during the first introduction of it, where like he has I think it four four or six arms, and like he, like two of those arms are blocking punches, and like he's fluidly moving away and it's, it's so he's moving so slow it's so moving fluidly but jiren's like amped and he's going full hog on him and apparently not was, full hog as he can go apparently according to the episode preview it's super he's superman he's as strong as he can be until he can't be anymore and that's always what jiren has been that's the reason why it's been kind of a all right can we just wrap this up because we know goku's going to win we know jiren will be beat whether or not he dies and every universe is destroyed or not that's literally the only thing that is hanging at the end of this is the the resolution at the end of the universal survival arc not even like how we're going to get there because goku is going to win or they're going to knock each other the fuck out and frieza's going to win like (laughs) where is frieza frieza wins by taking a nap (laughs) i love all of the memes by the way all of the super where's mama Where's Papa? Very good. Now, where's Frieza? Like the the I bet he's thinking of other women. Where the fuck is Frieza? <laughs> one of the favorite th- one of the things I did really like about this episode was Vegeta talking smack to all the other gods. <laughs> yes. Vegeta has zero chill and I fucking love it because he knows he's stronger than a bunch of them. Like <laughs> The insinuation is he's taken on Beerus at stronger levels than when Goku originally did. Like he's able to stand toe to toe with Whis when he's Whis is relatively trying. Like so, he's talking shit because he can back it the fuck up. Right, and and that's and again, that's the thing with like the the whole conclusion of this this story is yeah, Jiren is Jiren, but Jiren can't be more Jiren than Goku can be Goku. Exactly, because he is Goku. Like. And that's kind of why I don't like Goku very much. Yeah, no, and Goku is the worst part of Dragon Ball, like, in my opinion. Although Carrie did make a pretty entertaining comment while we were watching the episode, where she was like, well, if it's, you know, based on not thinking, it's perfect for Goku. Yeah, and well, that's kind of the insinuation, is he's able, he is be, he is able to become the empty vessel, unlike everybody else. Like, nobody else has that just raw fight in them, like Goku does. So there could be little like when Vegeta, there was this funny episode after after Goku came down from Super Saiyan after fighting Kalafla, um, Vegeta just kind of goes slack and just lets um, lets uh, Modu change you, dude, beat on him. It's like every time he gets hit, damn it, damn it, damn it. If Kakarot could do this, so can I. It's like that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, un- unfortunately, Vegeta, you are too full of pride to be an empty vessel. Exactly. And Vegeta owns the fuck out of it, and that's how we get such great episodes like the one before this last one. I would love to see, like, I want to see where Vegeta's new form goes and what happens with that. Yeah, the the blue, the super Vegeta blue or whatever the fuck they're calling it, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, 
the dub right now and they're going back and uh, it's the it's the Goku Black arc and they're flashing back to when Vegeta went super Vegeta with Trunks and like oh yeah that was dumb wasn't it and kind of like uh, kind of like Vegeta super Vegeta blue like I just like kept naming forms after himself because it's fucking Vegeta <laughs> it's the most Vegeta thing he can do yeah and I love just the fact that somehow it's permeated like going forward culture like you like the biggest thing that you can earn in xenoverse 2 as a saiyan is not super saiyan god it's super vegeta like great like you you go beyond you get super saiyan 3 you get super saiyan blue and then you get the level 100 or you get to maximum affiliation with the saiyan with vegeta and the ultimate form that he teaches you is super vegeta and that's just great yeah like he he manages to you know wish cabba back and all of them and now then let me tell you how to go super vegeta yes <laughs> and then there's Goku. also i really want to see like the the alt vegeta yes i want yeah like i mean you kind of get to end cabba like cabba is what i would imagine vegeta would be like with a you know a parent <laughs> Um, and also on a planet where Saiyans aren't dicks. Yeah, well... I, mean, I, I really do love that there is a universe out there where the Saiyans are the heroes of justice. Yeah, like, they're they're just good people in Universe 6. Uh, like, but like any other sentient, sapient be- sent race, you have some rough spots. That's the reason why uh, Kale and uh, uh, fucking Cauliflower... No, that's the, well, that's the fused form. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> not she, Broly. <laughs> Kale and cauliflower. No, fuck. Kale and Sheely. <laughs> not a Broly. No, Kale is Sheely. Uh, she is uh, Sisley. Uh, because you got Broly and then Sisley. Um, and then cauliflower. Maybe cauliflower. I might be confusing the two. The fused form. Whatever. Anyway. Um, like they're, they're Yakuza essentially in in their universe, but even then they're like the good Yakuza where they still go and help people. Like they're the they're the Yankee antiheroes, basically. Yeah, basically. And it's great, and, and I sincerely hope we get a full Universe Six arc after the end of Z, so we can actually have some maybe some kind of like, oh shit. Gohan died in Universe 6 and they don't have actual Dragon Balls because there are two Namekians now <laughs> and none of them have expressed the fact that they are Dragon Clan, so Well, I mean by the statistics if they've absorbed every other Namekian there should be some Dragon Clan in there Maybe, I don't know if they know how to make it though, like because their their Namekian fusion seem to be different than the Universe Seven Namekian fusion. God, what the inside of their heads must sound like. Oh, they kind of insinuate that, like they they didn't fight the beginning of the universe, the universe survival arc, because they were dealing with so many voices in their head, and then the voices realized that, and they did it all they did it all willingly. Basically, every Namekian's like, uh, yeah, our universe can die if you guys aren't super powerful. So. everybody into the pool yeah basically um and then they were dealing with all the voices in their head and they finally calmed down and then they're like yeah so we can fight now we're good guys guys if i could get you to calm the fuck down for five seconds 
Right. Thank you. So no, uh, yeah, no, no Dragon Ball, uh, no Dragon Ball episode. But we've still got some good Dragon Ball talk out of this episode, so that works. Yay! I'm glad you guys caught up. That's that's good. Well, not caught up, but well, caught up to what's recent. The even recent, yeah, yeah. Don't know what's all going on in the end of things. I mean, there, there, there's enough context to go off of, and I did get to see the glorious <laughs> food must mustache. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the top of mustache. mustache. The mustache. Like my my mustache is growing much faster than my beard, so I jokingly told Rachel, "I'm just gonna let this explode <laughs> and shave my beard." I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna be Tapa for Dragon Con." <laughs> or Super Saiyan Nappa. <laughs> I really want a Super Saiyan Nappa. I'm just saying. Uh, by the way, I have a Dragon Ball Super card that has Nappa with hair, and it's freaking me out, man. <laughs> that is bizarre. Uh, you guys do the outro. I'll go get the card. <laughs> Yeah, I need to see this shit. How do we do the outro? I'm pulling it up. So you can... uh, I don't have CJ's script in front of us. Because it just has the email. Uh, You can email the show at geekioshow at gmail.com. We are on all social medias at slash geekioshow. Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Patreon as well. We have a Discord server where you can come and hang out with us, uh, shoot the breeze, chat, all that good stuff. We do have a patrons-only channel as well where you can hang out with us directly. Um, as soon as I close notes, I forget what I'm saying. Um, we also have a phone number, the Geek Hotline. You can call us at 727-489-4335. That is 727-489-GEEK. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail and we will answer you appropriately uh thanks again to jonathan young for letting us use his amazing rocking attack on titan cover for our intro hopefully i completely didn't fuck this up and we don't have cj (laughs) uh okay we don't have cj to push the outro button and then you came back what the it's not it looks it just looks like (laughs) raccoon Josh, you're uh, you're muted. Napa, no. <laughs> Bald is definitely beautiful for you, buddy. It's just black-haired raccoon. <laughs> the name's raccoon. It rhymes with doom, and you'll be hurting all too soon. So, by the way, that's labeled as Napa adolescence. <laughs> oh, Napa's awkward teenage years. <laughs> But no, that was him trying to go emo and grow the hair over one eye. <laughs> yeah, that was in the, I believe, yeah, the one of the, I think the second Bardock movie where he stupidly went Super Saiyan. <laughs> because that's did a thing. Or Bardock did. Bardock did. Okay, I was, I was going to say, it's like, we don't have a canon Super Saiyan Nappa. Nope. I mean, we need one, but. Yes, we do. <laughs> Fighters get on that. Right. Well, they poke at it. They poke fun at that, by the way, uh, in the in the story mode. Cell meets Nappa for the first time, and Cell's like, and Nappa's like, so you have all the best fighters in you. I bet I'm in there. And Cell's like, I don't even know who you are. I'm I'm Nappa. Vegeta's a tenant for. Oh right, you're that idiot who can't even go Super Saiyan. I don't need some kind of legendary transformation. 
Yeah, that's a legendary transformation. Not everybody can do that. Oh, ho, 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 you silly boy. <laughs> Damian Clark's cell in, in Fighters is so good, by the way. Amazing. He just goes to 11 because he no longer gives a fuck. And it's fantastic. And that's that's in character for Cell. Yeah, like he was reserved apparently before because I went back and rewatched like some of the original dub. Kai, he's back over the top and ridiculous. But the original dub, he was like not like ridiculously over the top. And I love sassy ass Cell. That's the thing is with, with something like Cell, with the sort of personality he's got, you have to be bombastic. Yeah, but early 2000s, like, they didn't allow Damien to really just go crazy. And then they're redubbing everything. And they're like, yep, just be. Sweet for the fences. Be fabulous. Ooze perfection. Own it. I want to see Napa, or not Napa, I want to see Cell doing that gesture. Well, actually, in his case, it would be. Is it to see? And then something would explode. Yes, probably trunks. (laughs) 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 Or Yamcha. Oh, poor Yamcha. All of the above. I'm assuming Cell would even put the effort into killing Yamcha. I'm just happy to be I'm just happy to be here, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) This will show that Yamcha can even beat himself. Oh. Yamcha, <laughs> beating yourself is all you can do. I saw that in the story, Mom. Was like, yep, this is this is the game that I wanted. <laughs> this is this is what I needed for my. This is what I needed for my Dragon Ball. All right, guys, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, bye. 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 Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>